Welcome to Prim and Prosper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. So Marinella, we are going to do a recap of our dry January. It is, as as we record this, it is February 1st. And I know that you and I are both now on the path to enlightenment and self-actualization. Uh, it only took us 30, 31 days to get there. But uh, let's let's kick this off. How did dry January go for you? Overall, it went pretty good for me. There were definitely challenges uh, more often than I thought there was going to be. But, like, I did not uh, crack. So I feel like it was a success for me. Nice. Yeah, I think. How about you? Overall, same as you, it went pretty well. I did not have any problem with the alcohol, the marijuana, a little bit different. Uh, had some challenges with that. And so I think we're probably going to get into all of this a bit more. But do we want to start with what went well or what the challenges were? Where, where do you want to begin this journey? Oh, man. I guess we can start it off on a positive note and go with what went well. <laughs> All right. What was one of your major takeaways or positive outcomes? For my most probably like biggest takeaway was that I was getting better sleep. Mm. Like a lot of times like I would drink too much and then like not really sleep throughout the night. I would fall asleep maybe or pass out mildly. <laughs> And then I'd be up, you know what I mean? And because I couldn't make myself go back to sleep, I would just like start brewing a pot of coffee at 1.30 in the morning. Oh, no. You would do that? Oh, yeah. I, I have really terrible sleep patterns. and If I can't fall back asleep and it's like anywhere near 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, it's done. Like I'm up. Oh, man. So uh, how are those sleep patterns now? I know you said your sleep improved, but what what's a typical night of sleep like now? A typical night of sleep, like I like to get to bed early and I'm probably asleep by nine o'clock and then either my alarm goes off at four o'clock because I still go to the gym super early in the morning or like at around 345, I kind of just magically wake up and that's enough sleep for me and it's I feel good for the day, so how many hours is that? 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, almost seven hours. Okay. It's pretty good for me. I think they say people between seven and nine hours and like everyone kind of has their sweet spot. I find I do best around seven and a half to eight hours. That's like my sweet spot. I also noticed an improvement with my sleep, both so Hmm, how do I want to phrase this? So oftentimes when I used alcohol, I also use weed, got crossfaded as the kids say. And um, I didn't sleep well. If I have any little bit of alcohol, I typically wake up at like three-ish in the morning and then I'm up for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour trying to get tired enough to fall back asleep it's like I wake up on an adrenaline rush when I smoke weed and just weed I do pretty well sleeping but I wake up not feeling refreshed like I didn't go through so here's an interesting thing about weed 
Um, I don't think they've studied it enough, but most people, when they are under the influence of cannabis and go to bed, do not dream, which, Mm. yeah, so it might be a really great thing for people who suffer with PTSD and have nightmares, right, that they would be able to not experience those. So it definitely needs a lot more research in that area, but that's a positive potential outcome. Um, But why I say it needs more research is, is it a situation where just dreams are being blocked or is the full cycle, like the REM cycle, not, you know, or people just not going through it? Because I know at least for me, if I smoked, I would not dream, but I don't dream most nights, so that's not really a shock. Um, But I'm wondering if I'm not going through that full sleep cycle because oftentimes I would wake up feeling groggy. Even if I got my ideal amount of sleep, I would still have a grogginess to it. Uh, and it was nice not having any grogginess for most of this month. Oh, yeah. I haven't, I mean, I haven't smoked weed in a while, but when I did, it definitely, like, was, like, really hard to peel myself out of bed. Like, I would never be able to just wake up and go do something. That would not happen. But at the same time, I did have a dependency for a while when I was smoking a lot of weed that I couldn't fall asleep without smoking weed. So it was just, like... Do I want to fall asleep or not? Like, I just, it was like kind of like a head game at one point where I'm like, well, either way. (laughs) For sure. And people like to say that marijuana is not addictive. And that's not quite accurate. It definitely can be addictive. And it definitely can um, cause withdrawal symptoms. So if you are a habitual user, you, you, often do experience withdrawal symptoms and a lot of times they are related to your sleep so I mean, part of it is just maybe feeling a little bit cranky during the day or irritable but as far as the sleep part of it a lot of people do report having difficulty falling asleep um you know if they discontinue use after using regularly they also report really super vivid dreams so it's like you don't have dreams when you're on it and then you have uber um, vivid dreams when you come off of it for a bit. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. also will get night sweats, so they'll wake up sweating as if like they broke a fever in the middle of the night, but they don't have a fever. It's just the night sweats. And not everyone gets those symptoms and right, like the severity of it at all is, you know, you know, per individual. So your mileage may vary on that. Uh, but I'm not surprised to hear you say that you had trouble falling asleep a bit after you stopped regularly using because that's not uncommon at all. Oh, yeah. Like, could not do it. Would, like, try, would, like, lay in bed for maybe, like, an hour. And I'm, like, the type of person that if I'm tired, like, and I go to bed, I can fall asleep pretty fast. But at that point, I was just, like, it'd be, like, an hour and a half, you know, and I'd, like, sneak out of bed and just, like, go smoke a little because I I didn't even want like the person my ex-girlfriend to know that I like couldn't fall asleep without it you know what I mean she'd be passed out and I'm like oh god I don't want her to know I have this dependency well after I did not get it this January but I in quitting weed uh I had not been using regular like I used regularly but not every single day prior I was using probably two to three times a week maybe Um, But last winter, when, like, COVID was really bad and vaccines hadn't rolled out and I was smoking every night, 
when I did give it up, I had super vivid dreams. Like it felt like I was tripping through my dreams. They were crazy. And it was just, I didn't know how to describe it. And I wish I remembered a dream to be like, hear about this crazy dream I had. I don't really remember any of them. But um, this this time I did not experience anything like that. I think because I had not been using as much prior to me discontinuing on January 1st. Uh, but I did, yeah, to your point, I did notice some improvement to my sleep and I woke up feeling energetic getting out of bed. And a data point on that is I did 20 days of yoga this month, all of them in the morning when I woke up, like first thing when I got up did yoga nice i know on my way to that 200 goal thanks so that was an unexpected positive was just having that morning energy and doing yoga and being up every day well before six usually between 5 30 and 6 so it gave me a nice couple of hours to enjoy in the morning before i had to start work sweet that's like kind of what I was aiming for as far as like being able to wake up in the morning and go it didn't happen as much as I wanted it to but at least it happened more yeah I wouldn't say it was every day like I said I only did yoga 20 mornings there were definitely some struggle bus mornings but it was much easier to get out of bed and get going yeah it was also easier for me in the afternoon and evenings I didn't hit that midday slump as much I -hmm. did a little better at having more energy throughout the day and then in the evenings that's where I also noticed a pretty positive difference is I had energy to cook most nights so it's still really dark here in Chicago it's January or I guess February 1st Uh, so it's still quite dark out and You know, it's hard to have full energy when it's so dark, but I did notice having a lot more energy to spend some time cooking. I did a little more cooking. Yeah. I'll say I did a little more cooking than I would have because normally I'd just be like, well, I'll have two glasses of wine or three glasses of wine and I really won't be that hungry because I've consumed all of this and I'm tired and now I'm going to go to sleep. So I had the time to plan to cook more. Hmm. Well, I will share with you some of the things that I tried out this month cooking wise, and I'd be interesting, excuse me, interested to hear what you tried out. So I made Kung Pao tofu and cauliflower. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. I don't think to take pictures half the time, which is a problem. I need to get better at it. I tried out my air fryer for the first time making the tofu. I air fried it, got nice and crispy, made up the sauce put some cauliflower in it, made up some rice. That was a really good one. I made another, I oh, I made a lasagna with bechamel, which I don't know, was that? That actually might have been right before the new year. I might have made that like December 31st, technically. It might have been, yeah. That technically might have been it. But I made the bechamel sauce again and made a pasta, and I improved upon it. The first time I made it, it tasted flowery I hadn't cooked the flour out and you can save it which is what I did you have to like keep cooking it and eventually it'll cook the taste out uh but this time around when I made it I did it right the first time I cooked the flour out before I poured the milk in properly so then it didn't taste flowery and it was very it's much quicker and yeah so I made a pasta with that 
Delicious. Nice. Um, what else did I make? Oh, goodness. Oh, I thought I had made a lot more because I... Oh, I made some pizzas this month. That is the other what? thing. Yeah, I made... I cannot take credit for making the dough. I did actually buy a dough from Trader Joe's, but I got creative and over the course of two weekends, used that dough to make some really interesting pizza combinations. I did like uh, red cabbage sauteed up and I put it over, I made a sauce with butternut squash and tomatoes. I know it sounds a bit strange, but it actually really turned out well. Mm, I really love butternut squash. I know, I do Anything with it seems to be like, actually, I think I made a lentil soup I made a vegan lentil soup with like a coconut milk base and I used, uh, it was asking for like tomatoes or something and I was like, I think I'm just gonna see what I have in my refrigerator. I didn't have any tomatoes or canned tomatoes so I put, I think I put butternut squash and sweet potato in it and it made it taste so good. Like it was like creamy and mm. and I ate that for like five days. <laughs> I know, that's the one thing about cooking for yourself is you end up with food for a week. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes you can get a little tired of it. I, I get it toward the end, but that does sound delicious. There, There's always some judgment by day four or five at work when they're like, are you eating that again? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I put time into this and I'm a single woman. I'm eating this. <laughs> and some of those things don't. That's the other tough thing. Some things don't freeze well. You know, some things mm. can be frozen and work. Other stuff. You just got to eat it or you lose it or waste it. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that would have gone frozen. So no regret, regrets on that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Any other positive changes? Well, um, I can say that my anxiety seemed to lessen. It, I mean, which at first I thought it was actually getting worse. Like I was just like, oh, my God. All I can think about is drinking now and I'm getting anxious for the fact that it's like day four and I have to do this for a month and I'm going to be able to do it and I would just get really anxious just thinking about it. But once I started finding like alternatives, I really realized that my anxiety usually came after drinking. So that decreased a lot. Like I was able to kind of just like, okay, kind of breathe through it when I was having a tough time or find something more productive to do or I leaned a lot on CBD seltzers um and just this past week I I got like a six-pack of non-alcoholic beer just because I was watching football and I was like kind of craving the taste and realized it tasted exactly the same and I just felt fine with it you know I didn't need the effect of the alcohol as much yeah, the non-alcoholic beer game has definitely stepped up from the days of O'Doul's, for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how they sell O'Doul's anymore. I don't. I have no clue because the rest of them are really good. <laughs> They're so much better. I know. I was telling you before we recorded or started recording that I... So, trivia, we go to a bar. We go to one of two bars, and the one bar does not serve food. They only serve alcohol. And I was like, oh, man, I'd hate to go here and not, like, patron the place, right? They had, I think, four different non-alcoholic beers available. I only tried one of them. It was an IPA, and I didn't think to remember the name of it. But I really enjoyed it. It was super hoppy. It was a little bit lighter 
than I like a normal IPA, but not bad. Just it, like I could tell that I, and maybe it was just because I knew by the end of it I wasn't any more drunk than I normally, you know, I wasn't drunk at all, right? And I normally would be feeling it. So maybe that was more the effect I noticed, but it was super tasty. Hops were there. I mean, even because, you know, when I start to like do something, I tend to get kind of obsessed. So I was like, I'm going to go follow all these Instagram accounts. And there's just like, there's a whole game of like, non-alcoholic spirits just non-alcoholic wine and the thing that i think is more cool about it is like they're kind of geared towards people that are younger that maybe they're not necessarily identifying as like an alcoholic which i've kind of also realized may not be the best term for everybody that struggles with like or has problems with drinking alcohol but becoming more not i don't want to say trendy but like younger people are becoming more aware of like what alcohol can do to you and that's like so opposite of how we were like how we were in our 20s absolutely i agree there's this movement and i also to your point about a lot of these newer non-alcoholic beverages being targeted toward young people. I was out this past weekend in River North in Chicago. And for those of you who don't know, River North is like a young professional neighborhood. And um, yeah, that that's the crowd that's there. And we were at a restaurant getting brunch and they had the ritual liquors. And I forget, ooh, I'm going to forget. They had a whiskey, I think, a vodka, gin. They had a variety of them and they made fancy cocktails from them I didn't end up getting one partially because I didn't realize it till basically we were done with our meal otherwise I probably would have gotten one to try it out but they were they called them zero proof cocktails and they were just look delicious look creative I'm slightly bummed that I missed trying them out Uh, I'll have Mm. to do it again sometime but yeah, it was for sure, it was targeted toward, I mean, this restaurant's targeted toward you. I felt old at my age being in this place. <laughs> Those young hipsters. Just being real. I get it. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Other positive takeaways you've had this month? Other positive takeaways. Let's see. Um, I don't want to say that it, I was more hydrated i guess but i felt less bloated like just physically i just felt better you know um when i got bored and i would think of like you know going to get something like wine or something i did something like a facial treatment and you know like i don't know if my i mean a long term i think if you're a heavy drinker like if you stop drinking you're going to notice those effects more but i think i just put more time into myself instead yeah, I I would say it's hard for me to tell at the moment because it's winter and my skin is already kind of dry and irritated just because it's so dry out up here. But I do think I get more of um like an even tone to my skin when I'm not drinking alcohol. It's not like I look flushed when I'm drinking it. It's just I can kind of tell there's a little bit of difference in my appearance Mm -hmm. when I'm not consuming. And it's usually like a day or two later I notice it. Yeah, there's probably a couple of podcasts where I may have like, well, we've recorded that I've had like a beer. And I notice that when I drink, 
my I just get instantly like congested and like that's a unpleasant feeling for me for drinking where I'm just like constantly like can't breathe through my nose at all so that's that's something that's great when you don't drink any alcohol if you have one of these na beers or something instead i was like oh that's gone thank god i was gonna say does the na beer do it not so at all the NA beer yeah. doesn't cause the gen- yeah it must just be the the alcohol is doing something where it's like drain her face do it now <laughs> we definitely causes me to get congestion especially if i smoke it i'm sure it's the smoke that's causing it But even if I take an edible, I feel a little nasally and congested the next day. And it's made me wonder if I'm allergic. And I've actually gone down the Google rabbit hole on this to say, like, can can one have an allergy like a, you know, like a seasonal allergy, but instead to weed? And people are like, well, it's it's like a tree pollen or it's a you know, it's like a a pollen in a sense or you could have that effect i was like oh that's fascinating i don't know if i went into my doctor's office though and was like hey can i get a test done to see if i'm allergic <laughs> to a weed i don't know if that's on the like skin pricking test that they do i have a feeling it's probably not I'd be like well, can we just give you a covid <laughs> test instead i mean let's get back to priorities here <laughs> can't give up the weed oh can you we gotta test you for it <laughs> So one thing I noticed uh, was spending more time with Walter, like engaging and playing with him because I would, you know, the thing with, and again, I'm speaking more to weed than alcohol with this because I'm thinking about being at home and I typically didn't ever drink at home, is I would use weed to help with boredom. And then once I'm smoking, I'm locked on the couch and I'm, you know, watching YouTube videos or, you know, comics, comedians, stand up, what have you. Uh, And to your point, I have to fill that boredom time now. And one thing I would do with that, if I'm not cooking, is playing with Walter. Uh, Sometimes he did not want to play and I desperately tried to engage him for my own entertainment (laughs) Uh, but a lot of times he did want to play and it was really kind of fun that we had all these and continue to have these moments together oh walter how could he not want to play with you come on i mean it's probably like mom i only got 15 hours of napping in a day i need to get another five hours (laughs) at least (laughs) to be a cat (laughs) right He's actually giving me the eye, the stink eye right now. <laughs> He's like, oh no, like, she, how rude. she's thinking about playing with me again, isn't she? Frantically <laughs> <laughs> like running to hide. Maybe, you know, he has been hiding in his one little cabinet spot. More, He knows how to open cabinet doors. And so he has a cabinet that he hides in where I keep his stuff anyway, so it's fine. Maybe it's because I've been forcing him to play that he runs away from me and hides there. Oh, fella. Oh boy. Please play with me, Walter. Please love me. That's okay. Sometimes I take Marley to the dog park and I can't get her out of the car and she's just like, "No." Not at all. Like I'll I'll put her like her onto the like pull her from the car and put her onto like the sidewalk and she just freezes and looks at me and is she's just like, "Put me back in. Take me home." <laughs> And I do. And I'm like, we don't want to be here. Then fine. Let's go back. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm drag this ten pound dog around a lake. Everyone's gonna look at me like I'm a nutbag. So, <laughs> right. And then you'll have to bathe her when you get home because she'll be covered in dirt on her belly from being dragged oh, for yeah. a mile or however far. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> probably a hundred feet. That's usually as far as we'd get. <laughs> oh, I don't want to necessarily talk about the negatives, but I do know I had some challenges this month, and I. Th- assuming you did as well so maybe we can talk a little bit about those one of my biggest challenges was my mother's birthday is in january and she's passed away and that can be a hard time for me and i did not properly i think that the takeaway lesson for me is i need to figure out how I'm going to spend that time. I used to kind of have some traditions I did and I got away from doing them a bit. Uh, And so then the weekend leading up to her birthday wasn't feeling particularly great, decided to smoke some weed and that kind of just snowballed, (laughs) no pun intended. It was also a snowy weekend Mm -hmm. Uh, to me just using for I think it was like three it was maybe four days in a row Mm -hmm. um because I was like well I already bought this I might as well just like use it till it's gone or you know you start right making the stupid excuse I still don't feel great I'm gonna just go ahead and eventually like I said at day four I was like okay you need to stop this was (laughs) you missed the whole point of this learning experience uh so yeah I think my takeaway is just anticipating that there might be tough times, either ones you definitely know, right? Like I know when my mother's birthday is, I know that's a tough time for me. That's That didn't come out of left field. But also expecting that there might be stressors that come out of left field and having ways to cope mm-hmm. and manage. Yeah, yeah. Like in your back pocket, ready to go. And I don't think I had that prepared. Yeah, and, and it's probably tough because like – whatever traditions that you may have they may have been like working for you at the time then and maybe they just didn't seem as appealing now or something like I feel like that type of stuff is like hard to consistently do and like maybe something changes and it throws you off but similarly like I one of the the negative things was I realized like how much I relied on stuff like alcohol and smoking weed um to cope with like unpleasant feelings or loneliness like so you know in january i wasn't drinking or or smoking anything and if i felt those things like i didn't really know know what to do with myself so i mean i did a lot of just like getting in the car and leaving the apartment because that's typically like how i would spend my time would be just to like drink in my apartment which is terrible like it's like the opposite of like what people with addiction problems need they need to connect so like the challenge for me was like kind of feeling like disconnected still but not having that crutch and that's like what i'm figuring out like for me why i have to continue to keep dry january like you know what's what's a february way to say that but continue to not drink no i was trying to think of something you know like free of booze february or something (laughs) um because i do need to like figure out how to connect with people so that i don't keep relying on that kind of stuff which i think is like 
where my problems with alcohol and other substances have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the social aspect of either alcohol and or weed uh, is definitely something I noticed as well. That dynamic is a bit... It's, you know, it's a challenge. Uh, Most of my friends do both. And a lot of the time we hang out, alcohol and or weed is part of those socializing events. So we do, in the winter, we play trivia usually once a week. And that actually wasn't difficult because um, it's during the weekday. So we're not doing a crazy late night. Uh, we've got something else that's going on, right? Like we're doing an activity. It's trivia. So, you know, there's entertainment abound. And then I, like I said earlier, found out that the one uh, trivia place we go to sells non-alcoholic beer. So I didn't feel bad about not, you know, uh, patroning them. And then the other place I get dinner at. So that was great. So that was no problem. But... This past weekend, a friend had a birthday, and it was at a, a bar that only serves alcohol. So I met up later in the night to hang out, and by the time I got there, everyone had already been drinking, and, you know, it's not really that much fun when you're sober and everyone else is a little tipsy or even drunk at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so obvious that you're not on the same wavelength as them. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, I also did feel kind of bad because they didn't serve food. There wasn't really a way for me to contribute financially to the establishment. And I just struggle with like guilt of that. So I tried to, I played some pool. Uh, so I tried to like put some money in the pool machine, which I know isn't a ton, but I tried to do what I could. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just tough because I didn't feel like I was on the same wavelength as my friends at that moment. At trivia, it was fine because no one's really drinking that much. But but a birthday party out at a bar, you know, people were kicking it back on a Saturday night. And oh, yeah, I was very sober. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that kind of describes a lot of why, like, I drank the way that I did in, like, the service industry because I cannot imagine going out and spending time with my coworkers on the level that they were mostly on. Not that I tried to not drink. Like, that wasn't even, didn't even cross my mind, like, for a second. But had I tried it then, I don't think I would have been comfortable <laughs> at all. It would have just been like, this is miserable. Mm-hmm. And that's another level, though. You know, that's like, that's a 12 out of 10. <laughs> hmm. I did get a slight bit of, um, I shouldn't say the word enjoyment, but I'm going to go ahead and say enjoyment uh, out of telling somebody off, a stranger, not a friend <laughs> at the bar, though. And that that did bring me some <laughs> some pleasure for the night. Nice. When alcohol was missing, getting to tell a stranger off filled the void. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was a gentleman who was probably, I don't know, I'm not good at guessing ages, 45-ish, clearly drunk, wasted drunk. And he just was an odd, like, he, I don't know. He kept walking by us, was staring at our group of friends, watching our pool game, just a very creepy dude. And at one point he came up to me, and it's like a pandemic, right? And he doesn't have his mask on, and... 
you know, he leans into me and he's like, how are you doing at the pool game? I'm like, oh, you know, we've been going back and forth. And then he's like, no, you haven't. You've been getting your ass kicked. And I'm like, shut the fuck up and get away from me, dude. Like, I tried tolerating you for a couple of moments, but you're drunk. You're in my face. And now you're just like making fun of me or knocking me down a pit. Like, I don't even know what his his move was there. Yeah. I have no idea. So when I told him off, he looked at me. He's like, really? And I'm like, uh, yes, sir. You can go ahead and walk away now. Do you think if you had been drinking, you would have acted or reacted more strongly or cared less? I think I might have cared less. Mm. I actually think so. I have I have overreacted on alcohol in the past. I absolutely have. As I've gotten older, though, I've gotten more mellow when I drink and what it it usually entails is me tolerating a lot more or me taking a more passive route. Uh, you know, like I might just keep walking away from him instead of confronting him. Yeah. But sober me was like, fuck you. I'm already a bit irritated because I'm the only sober person here. Just fuck you, sir. Fuck you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for letting that out. I know. Because that's something that would fester in me sober, probably. I'd want, I might say it now, but like me drinking, like I would like live for those moments of me being drunk enough to go, drunk enough to fucking go off on somebody. And that's usually when I did. I would just like absolutely unleash. (laughs) Uh, I, I think you may have seen it like maybe a couple times, but like overall, like, yeah, like I'll fight a guy in a bar that's 200 pounds if I was drunk enough and pissed. So, ugh. I also feel as though you have mellowed too. Oh like yeah, that yeah. To me, is more my so, speed and, of and, drinking has definitely. When I'm in a social setting with friends, like my speed of drinking is normal now. It's more so when I'm going through a tough time and my I've noticed that my drinking by myself is not healthy. Mm-hmm. But like pounding them back now, like I did before, it's like. I'm like, no, don't do it. (laughs) Right. Well, that kind of leads nicely into kind of what I was thinking about for myself going forward is that for me, I kind of want to keep going no alcohol. I like it. It doesn't really bring a lot to my life. I don't want to say I'm never going to have it. In fact, I think I'm more likely to buy a really expensive cocktail at a place that makes a very nice one because it's a once in a while treat that I would really enjoy. Um, But like going out on a Saturday night and having a bunch of Coors Light, not in my future, I don't think. Weed, I am thinking of starting up for social situations Mm -hmm. because I do think if I'm just, and a lot of nights I have just smoked weed, and if I'm doing that and it's a social situation, that doesn't make me feel so out of place if I'm not drinking. I do end up having a good time. I will definitely have to monitor how it impacts me the next day as far as like just feeling groggy. And again, if it's a situation where I can kind of have a, let's say a lazy Sunday, and so it's okay if I'm a little groggy in the morning, then that's fine. It's a payoff that like I'm willing to make. But I'm not going to do it during the weekdays when I want to get up and be alert and have to work. And I want to limit 
or really not probably use at all uh, weed at home when I'm just by myself, especially if it's because I'm trying to fill some boredom or because I want to, you know, avoid negative emotions. I got to find a better way to do it as I learn this month. Uh, So that's kind of my thoughts is to reintroduce it in social situations. But again, just the weed, alcohol, goodbye. Yeah. And you you might have like a little bit of an advantage being in like Chicago where you can go to like a dispensary because at least you know like what kind of like blend you're going to get. Like that's what my problem with weed is in Florida when I'm buying it from like the line cook at Applebee's. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know what I'm smoking and like... I can have a very different reaction based on what I'm smoking. I might be freaking out after one hit or something like that. So I can't like take the risk of doing it in a social setting because I might have anxiety through the roof. So I think for me going forward, I'm just going to continue to keep it dry just for now. That's it. It's been working out. Free of alcohol February. Here yeah, you come. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't really told too many people. Like, I've told people, like, hey, I'm cutting back. Um, just because I'm kind of, like, steering away from the questioning and judgment. I've told a couple people that, you know, I'm just not going to touch it anymore. And they were pretty actually, like, in agreement. Like, yeah, you don't really do well with that kind of stuff lately. So we're bored. Oh, nice. I'm glad you found support because... I do think we talked about this on the actual dry January episode that there is this, oh, do you have a problem? Why would you give it up? Because it's so expected that you would partake in it, that it it's of a shock to people that you would give it up. Yeah. And I didn't bring it to the attention of the people that I know, like, really love drinking because I know they're not going to get it. So I'm like, why bother? Mm. <laughs> You know, so it's like not worth the explanation, I guess. Yeah. And on that note, you know, there goes the sirens (laughs) for this week's episode. Blue bye. Oh, goodness. It's not complete without it. No, we were about to wrap up and they hadn't come. I I think they heard. They got that message and we're like, we'll do a we'll do a flyby and make sure the sirens get on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have like a panic button that you push for them to come. I don't. <laughs> Though you probably should be given one of those when you move to Chicago. Um, no, joking aside, it's a pretty safe city. I, sh- I shouldn't bash my city that way. Yeah, we need <laughs> panic buttons in Florida everywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> Hit it for the Florida man. Oh no, Florida man. <sighs> oh, well, I guess on that note, we'll catch you next week. See you then. <laughs>